and welcome to Superman and Lois, the New Adventures podcast. I'm Tom. And I'm Zach. And as we speak today, we're two months from the debut of the show, assuming the Earth continues to spin as currently constructed as we know it. Two months away. That is very exciting. Two months exactly, because we're recording on the 23rd and it starts February 23rd. Yes. Yes, that is how time works. So uh, yeah, it's getting close. It's kind of crazy considering how long this has been in development that we are finally there. Uh, we should be getting more and more promotional materials soon. I don't know if we'll get anything by the end of the year. If we get a trailer or something, we'll probably try to do an extra podcast and, and break that down. But we might not get anything until into January. I know they finally released a trailer for Walker on the CW, a new show. And I think that was just over five weeks before the show is set to debut because it's coming out in January. So by that math, we're talking mid-January for a we're starting to see some footage and trailers for Superman and Lois, unless they want to bump up that marketing time at all. Yeah. And I mean, especially nowadays, it it doesn't, it probably doesn't do that much for them to put stuff out super far in advance. The, the closer to the release date that they put out things, the more it's going to be in people's minds and they're going to want to actually watch it. So I wouldn't be surprised if, like you said, maybe five weeks out or even later than that, we, we start seeing some real uh, beefy trailers. Yeah, more and more the marketing windows are really shortening for movies and TV. So you used to see announcement trailers, teasers a year out. And sometimes you see that still, but rarely do you see stuff like that. So really that last month and that last week are when the marketing push is going to be, rather than saying, hey, this is out in February, try to remember it and come back then with so much stuff out there. They say, hey, this is out tomorrow, or you can stream it on the CW's website now, those kind of things. So it's a, I'm definitely... Would love to see some stuff, but I'm patiently waiting for it. We have the air dates and episode titles for the first five episodes that have been revealed by the CW. So we know it's starting February 23rd, but according to the Superman homepage, the first episode, five episodes will air every Tuesday. They don't have any bef- past that, but there are going to be no breaks. So February 23rd to March 23rd, you know, they don't say when the sixth episode could come. It might be the week after that, or there might be a break there, but they have to put out the first five episode air dates. Yeah. And like you said, the titles as well, if you want to be completely super fresh you can stay away from the titles i i don't think they give anything away really and anything it gives away you're just reading and guessing reading into it and guessing so i I don't think there's really much to be taken from those that's a good point we should kind of give our spoiler policy for the show as we're getting closer to it now and there's a lot of information out there official unofficial Our our thing will be that we will talk about anything officially released by the cw is fair game or anything officially Somebody with a cast or crew, you know, if Bitsy Tolk sends out a photo or something like that, anything like that is kind of fair game from us. Uh, if it's something from a, a rumor or unofficial source of anything kind, um, we won't touch on that at all. Or any leaked photos or set photos. I know some set photos have been out there. It's been pretty rare, but some of that we don't really discuss. But anything officially released that they, the CW just puts out or gives to a website to release or anything like that we will talk about so since the episode titles are out there you think they're fair to talk about yeah i'd say they're probably fair to talk about Uh, it's vague but there's pilot heritage the perks of not being a wallflower haywire and the beacon yeah i mean heritage that could that one sticks out to me because maybe that's either seeing the kents or seeing something from krypton seeing uh his parents so hopefully that has a lot to do with uh, his some sort of parents the perks of not being a wallflower there's a movie called the perks of being a wallflower that is pretty good and has ezra mill in it so i'm assuming this is a flash crossover and we'll get to see oh, him yes. come in but uh that's that's maybe grasping i thought it was a harry potter crossover with emma watson oh yeah um 
yeah, heritage could probably something history related with Lois and Clark or uh, maybe the Kryptonian heritage, something with maybe we get a bit of history about this Superman's origin or something like that. It could be anything. So I don't read in the, into these too much unless they're obvious. You know, if one says Brainiac or Mongol, we would have a pretty good guess of what those are. But uh, I don't really like dwelling on the episode titles until their episodes are actually out. Yeah, I mean, it's too bad they're not like following the Friends model and just be like the one where they fight Brainiac. No, I miss so. this. I miss the Smallville one. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, where it was just one episode titles <laughs> or one one word one word episode yeah. titles. Uh, <laughs> I really like that. That was easy to keep track of. Nowadays, uh, maybe I'm just a, a grumpy one, but too many episodes are just based on puns, like the perks of not being yeah. a wallflower. Uh, those can be fun. But the CW also released an image of. Lois Lane and Clark Kent together, Bitsy Tulloch and Tyler Hucklin. I'm sure you've seen it. If not, you can check a link in the show notes, but there it is. We've got the Superman in the background, Superman logo. That looks like the Kent farm from a distance and they're up front in jeans. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is cool. Nothing, not a whole lot to take from it. I, the thing that I see is like Clark is looking into the distance, like the air, like where he's going to go fly. And Lois is looking more down to earth and at us at the camera. So I don't know if that's probably just they took a bunch of pictures of them standing here and this was the best looking one or maybe it was like actual direction and there's more to be read into like the fact that she's looking at earthly things and he's looking up to the sky i don't really know yeah that uh that's the depth that you add to the show because <laughs> yeah. i was just thinking why aren't they looking at the same thing is this all is it a bad photoshop job where Tyler Hecklin's just leaning off the other way or something while Bitsy Tulloch looks right at us. I don't know. Uh, it, yeah, it looks cool. They look great together. It's neat to see the the farm in the background there. This gives me kind of like the orangish warm color palette that happened a lot in Smallville scenes in Smallville. So yeah. I wonder if they're going to carry that over, especially the Smallville scenes have a, a warmer, sunnier. I mean, assuming, we're assuming it'll be sunnier generally, um, but warmer orangish looks. I could see that. Um, but it looks cool. They look great. I don't I don't have a ton to add. I think it, I like it. The CW had a tagline. He's not the only one that can save the world, which is cool. It's a nod that they both can do cool things to save the world in, in different ways. Yeah. And that's the cool part about her, like having such the intense stare because she, I'm assuming being a reporter, she's going to be doing like the investigations and like rooting out criminals and corruption and stuff. So it's, it's cool to see that. And especially combined with that tagline that you just said. Bitsy's done a lot of talking with fans and stuff about how what outfits they want to see Lois in and she's passed them along and just passed along purple, which I don't know if purple's such a big thing from Lois. I'm, I'm not criticizing. I don't have a problem to see Lois in purple. Uh, it's just, I guess that Superman, the animated series resonated with a lot of people or something because she wore purple quite a bit in there. Um, but I'm just most excited to see her in journalist clothes, which could be anything. Right. Yeah. Uh, but we have almost entirely seen her in jeans so far. So I'm just excited to see her in uh, journalist clothes doing out, going out and, and doing her thing. We've, but yeah, we've mostly seen her in jeans and that one dress in the fortress of solitude and Elseworlds. That's about it. Yeah. Uh, she also, she did talk about Lois Lane and the, the poster reveal, and she had a lot of good stuff to say. Uh, she said from the very beginning, at Bitsy Tulloch, that is, uh, she said from the very beginning, going back to when she was introduced in 1938, Lois Lane as a character defied society's expectations of how women should behave. Women at that point were more typically portrayed as demure, but Lois Lois has always was always opinionated and unapologetic and uncompromising and a career woman. Part of why she was has remained so compelling for so many years is that she's so also vulnerable and valuable, romantic and goofy and a klutz. I just find her really appealing. 
so she she's definitely done her homework it seems like uh, and really studied the character that she's going to play and that's that's always a good thing to see uh from the actors portraying the, the characters that you love so much yeah i love this i love everything she said about lois and we've said the same about tyler as clark and superman it, it all sounds great like she has a great understanding of what makes this character unique and, and mentions a lot of the things of what i love about lois lane as a character in there so that's really cool to see she is vulnerable fallible romantic goofy and a klutz she's all of those things uh in a lot of ways and very layered character and that's what makes her so fascinating um uh, being unapologetic uncompromising opinionated definitely uh to the extreme that is lois lane so that's all really cool stuff that i like hearing about it as we get closer to the show also, this is this is a pretty good peek into the intelligence that Bitsy Tulloch has. She went to Harvard, and she can use words like demur and or demur, or however you pronounce that. She probably knows how to pronounce it. She she is a very very smart human being. I'm confident I have not seen that word before. <laughs> yeah, and if I have, it's been many. Uh, but she went on and she said, "I find Lois inspiring, and in how little she gives a crap about what anyone thinks of her. She's not doing the work for glory or more Pulitzers. She's doing it because she believes in justice and truth. She's incredibly driven and determined and hardworking, and she really in." bodies that aphorism be the change you wish to see in the world she's not intimidated by anyone she wants to save the world with words and that that ties in perfectly with the he's not the only one who can save the world and kind of the whole mission of lois being a, a reporter that is really making huge changes just by doing the work of reporting absolutely i mean this just all sounds great to me i'm, I'm really excited to see bitsy as lois lane and the storyline she gets and uh, what they do with her character as i've i've really liked what we've seen from her so far and i want to see more of that from everything she says yeah and a little bit of casting news adam rayner who has been in things such as tyrant and hawthorne has been cast in the series regular role of morgan edge according to deadline so morgan edge first appeared in superman's pal jimmy olsen way back in 1970 and he's described in the show as, quote, an intelligent, eloquent, and impassioned self-made mogul whose innate ability to motivate is the means to his success and others' demise. Uh, Morgan Edge has been on Smallville. A couple actors played him there. And Supergirl, a pre-crisis Earth-38 version on Supergirl. So presumably a different version here. And also uh, there was a Bill Church Jr., a Bill Church and a Bill Church Jr. on Lois and Clark that was very similar to morgan edge that appeared on lois and clark uh i don't know why they didn't use the morgan edge name yeah he's i mean he's not like a hugely important character but he shows up a whole lot and he he kind of can fill the like lex luther role but in a smaller way so that i guess if that was one thing i would be a little bit concerned about is this is this the kind of role i'd like to see lex luther have but uh that's fine but the fact that morgan edge is also he's connected to uh intergang a lot of times um that is a perfect uh, we've talked about that in the past but that would be a perfect thing from the comics to bring into the show especially for lois to be kind of interacting with and investigating and going after absolutely uh, i really like morgan edge as a character mainly i mean he's a good character but mainly his ties to the things he's had ties to and there's been a couple different versions you know uh from when he was first introduced in the 70s he's bought the daily planet you know with wgbs bought the daily planet he's the one who told Clark Kent, he's not a he's a television reporter now. He just told him, and Clark's like, "Oh, okay, I'll go be a television reporter." So he's had some big things to do. He was the initially had ties to Darkseid. He was the first one. Darkseid was video chatting. It's his first appearance of Darkseid. He was video chatting with Morgan Edge and Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, number one thirty four. That is the the big appearance of Darkseid. But like you said, he's got ties to to Inner Gang, uh, depending on the continuity, and ties to the Daily Planet. So really. 
uh, cool way. I hope that means a lot of those things are going to play big roles because like we've talked about, Inner Gang makes a ton of sense for both Lois and Clark as reporters and Superman having some, you know, Inner Gang having weapons and ties to cosmic villains and things like that. A lot of cool stuff you can do with that. And like you said, Morgan Edge can kind of play the the businessman while if we don't see Lex for a while on the show, uh, I think he can fill in in a lot of ways there. And if Lex does show up, maybe be a competing businessman. I think you can do a lot of really cool stuff with that and just uh, pretty cool casting. I'm excited about even though I'm not familiar with the actor. I've never seen him in anything. Yeah. Uh, can you remind us what series regular means? And like, because there's a lot of series regulars on this show so far. Right. Um, I don't know exactly. Uh, yeah. Series regular means they're in the majority of majority of the season. I think they've all got different contracts. So I, I don't know. Back in the days of Smallville, the series regulars didn't necessarily have to appear in every episode, but the majority of them. There's recurring, which are a smaller number, and then series regular. Uh, but series regular, I would think, means they'll be in a bunch of episodes. Maybe not every episode, but a bunch. So it depends on the contract. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a whole lot of characters who have, it seems like, are going to have long, ongoing storylines. Are not just going to be, you know, a one one episode or two episode arc. And that is that's exciting. I I hope that they can build really long, like even spanning over multiple seasons, storylines for a, a big group of characters, and just basing off the fact of the number sheer number of series regulars that they've cast so far. It seems like. Hopefully that's something they're going for. Yeah. So I think that puts it a set 10 now. And that sounds like a lot. Like that would be more than I would usually be comfortable with. All TV shows are ensembles to an extent and have to focus on a bunch of different characters. But that's a lot for a season one of a show. Uh, But this season I think is going to kind of be an exception with the pandemic just because you don't want to be bringing in characters one off as much or recurring. You know, you want to have a group that you're comfortable with that are following the protocols all the time. So having 10 actually kind of makes sense here and and it, just because they're in every episode don't mean it'll be a big role but uh, that makes more sense so it might focus more on you know it's going to focus on the kent family most we presume but then rather than having a bunch of one-off characters maybe we're going to have some more uh morgan edge will have a regular role rather than going to guest stars and, and that kind of thing i think that can work season one with the the pandemic and can help them plot out the season a little bit better maybe yeah that's that's a really good point that if you were bringing somebody in for one episode, they have to quarantine for two weeks before and after. And that's like, that's a big ask just to have them sh- come in and shoot for a week or two. So it makes more sense to have people come in for multiple episodes. Yeah. And that way, you know, they're going to be in Vancouver. They're going to be nearby, you know, a little bit more of a controlled environment as much as you can do, I suppose. But that's really it for the news right now. Uh, as we get closer to this new Superman show, we thought it would be a good idea to look back at past Superman shows. So we told you last time we're going to look at the adventures of Superman pilot Superman on Earth. This was the first episode, kind of, of the Adventures of Superman TV series. Back in 1952 is when it first aired. Um, it starred George Reeves as Clark Kent Superman, Phyllis Coates as Lois Lane, Jack Larson as Jimmy Olsen, and John Hamilton as Perry White. It's directed by Thomas Carr, who also worked on the 1948 Superman serial, starring Kirk Allen and Noel Neal as Clark and Lois. Noel Neal would go on to be Lois on this show for seasons two through six and it was written by richard fleming richard fielding i should say uh so this is kind of the first episode although they did film the theatrical superman and the mole men before as kind of a test pilot and that was released theatrically in 1951 and was later edited into a two-part season one finale for the show the adventures of superman ran for six seasons until the death of george reeves and the first two seasons are in black and white and seasons three through six are in color how familiar are you with 
the adventures of superman have you seen a ton of it have you seen any full episodes or is this your first real big exposure uh this is definitely my first big real exposure the first full episode i've seen i have for sure seen clips from this and we'll talk about it when we're talking about this episode but there is so much what you think of when you think of superman like is from this show the catch the like taglines the the look of superman the the way he acts the way he dresses that sort of thing it's it's pretty much from this show so there's a whole bunch of things that you recognize but i haven't actually sat down and watched a full episode of this before this this is a hugely influential show it came out at a time when there was what three tv channels or something like that and so this being on was a really big deal um and it is responsible obviously it builds off the comics the the radio show and the serial the 1948 serial i rewatched the first episode uh, because it's very similar to this in a lot of ways and so i just wanted to see what was similar but there are a lot of things taken from it um but yeah, this was hugely influential for generations of just getting Superman in the pop culture, uh, pop culture sphere, just so well known in getting Superman terminology, like faster than a speeding bullet, all that stuff out into pop culture. It's also kind of crazy. Like this is what a 25 minute episode mm-hmm. and the amount of ground that they cover, you know, like going from Krypton all the way to full grown superman saving somebody and getting a job and everything like it it packs in a whole lot in this one short episode um and that's it's pretty pretty cool to see Uh, unfortunately for the kents they don't get a huge part and we especially his dad doesn't doesn't get a whole lot of time on this earth but um like i said they they fit in a whole lot yeah uh entire origin of superman in 25 minutes and they don't really skip out on much obviously there's a couple things that if this was done today you would want to flesh out on a little bit more and all that but they hit all the high points for the most part and it's crazy how much of superman's origin this isn't a complaint that this is what i appreciate about superman so much of his origin is identical from when it the character was first created yeah first time in live action tv here and to what it is today uh i think anybody could watch this and not be if you're more familiar with the modern superman interpretations this is not far off from that yeah that's a a good point there wasn't a single time watching this that i was like oh yeah that's what they used to do with superman or superman used to do x this it's all stuff that if you know you filmed it with a new camera and new cast with almost the exact same show it's you wouldn't really have to change anything to to modernize it for today and the how we interpret superman today so he's been he's been pretty constant for a long time what do you think of the the visuals and what do you think of it as a whole? It really looked pretty good, especially like you have to think about when this came out in 1952. And if you've watched any movies or TV shows from this time period, the, the special effects obviously are not up to today's snuff, but they look pretty dang good for the time. And I was I was pretty impressed by the different techniques and just like looking up stuff about this show. Evidently, it was really highly regarded at the time for uh, the kind of techniques that they pioneered in special effects and there's a whole lot of things from this show that that movies and tvs took inspiration from and learned how to do because of the people working on this show so that that definitely comes through yeah and even today we talk about how you probably can't do everything you want to do a superman on a tv budget a weekly tv budget but we've come a long way and there's still um you know obviously they had to be really smart and it's it's fun to see a lot of my knowledge of movie and tv technical development comes from superman watching the different eras of superman and this is really good for the time because i went from like i said the 1948 serial watch that uh rewatch that and then watch this again and just to remind me and see the differences and how much 
technology had advanced. They didn't have Superman flying in the 1948 serial. He would take off and it would switch to an animated Superman. They couldn't figure out how to make him fly right. And a lot of their special effects were animated. And here uh, you can see him actually flying. You know, it's not quite Christopher Reeve in 1978, but it's... uh, it's really good and, and had to be really impressive by if you were a kid in 1952 watching that. Yeah. And that's like trying to put myself in the mindset of a kid at this time period who has read the comics and heard the radio show, but has never really seen these are, these are all fantastical things that can't happen in, in real life. And then getting able, being able to see it happen in real life, like with real people, that's, that had to been mind blowing. Yeah. What would you think of George Reeves and, Phyllis Coates in the cast as a whole. George Reeves is really good. He's a, I mean, he is, like I said, it's if when you think about prototypical Superman from this time period, he is doing it perfectly to a T. I was, I was really pleasantly surprised with Lois's performance. Like right off the bat, she is super feisty and like standing her ground and she is the smartest person there. She immediately is suspicious of Clark and how he goes to save the day and how could he be in two places at once, basically, whereas nobody else seems to be questioning it. So I was I was really impressed with her performance and like how keen she was of a reporter. Yeah, we don't get a ton of Lois and the Daily Planet staff, but it's I think it's like in the last 10 minutes there where Clark tries to get a job, does his forced reporting job, gets the job, and it's done. And we meet all of the Planet staff in that time. But uh, Phyllis Coates is Lois and Jack Larson's Jimmy and John Hamilton's Perry White, they're all really in character right away and that's a fun dynamic to follow throughout the show and they do an excellent job and lois like you said is great even in those few few scenes that she gets few lines that she gets and george reeves again we don't see a ton of him either because it's the baby or young clark at the kent farm but he's really good as well i really like him he's a if you're used to the bumbling clark if you think that's it that's really only been the case in live action with christopher reeve george reeves is very in control and uh, confident, and, you know, he has that quiet confidence of Superman, where he's he's Clark Kent, but he's he's in on it. He knows what's going on, and he can figure out a way to do just about anything. And as Superman, we don't get to see him do a ton as Superman. He makes the one save, uh, but his Superman and Clark going forward are, are really cool, and I like them both. He was um, so he's supposed to be twenty five at the time of this <laughs> yeah. George Reeves was 38 when this was filmed and you can tell he's a little bit older than 25 but not that much older he he still looks pretty good as Superman yeah and he's you know at the time he died he was the oldest I think he's still the oldest to play Superman well this multiverse stuff in Superboy um but yeah he was about the oldest was the oldest cast is the oldest cast Superman at, at 38 but he's um really good and you can get into you can watch the movie hollywood land with ben affleck if you want to see more of that and run the situation on his death and all of that if you want but i i really enjoy him as superman but like you said we get pretty much everything here we go to krypton we see it destroyed sarah and even kent find kal they hadn't quite settled there was some name changing with the kents at the time they didn't have a big role in the 40s so their names bounced around a lot i think it was mary then Martha, then Sarah, then I think it went back to Martha and then Mary. They just couldn't figure out. They couldn't settle on a name at the time. They couldn't just Google the names, I guess, if they were writing Superman right. stories. Uh, but yeah, you know, there's some fun stuff. Like <laughs> he, they find the rocket. He just, even Kent just kind of throws some dirt on it, puts yeah. some gloves on, grabs the baby out, and then it disappears. So I guess you don't need to worry about anybody finding the spaceship or anything like that. But uh, yeah, that was that was pretty funny. But we skip forward, you know, we see learning about his powers and then up to the present day at the daily planet 
Yeah, and uh, he goes in and he meets Perry White, and this is like the absolute best <laughs> Perry White. He's there with three different phones and an intercom, like talking to all of them super fast, um, running this newspaper and being super brash and rude and everything. And this this is a great Perry White. Like you said, the people are just 100% in character right from the start. And this is, you kind of take it for granted who these characters are now, just because you've seen so many different iterations of them over the years. But this is still pretty early days and having to figure out how to portray those characters. So the all the actors did a really good job. Absolutely. And we get the, we get the setup, you know, it's kind of all in 25 minutes. We get the setup, we get the origin, we get the setup and the basis for the TV show going forward. And those first two seasons in black and white were a little more, uh, a little bit more crime noir heavy, those kind of things. Seasons three through six, when they had color, they became a little more kid friendly uh, and lighter stories, uh, but an entertaining show. And definitely I would recommend if you haven't seen these, it's worth watching a few episodes if you're a Superman fan. Yeah, especially to see just where like the origins of kind of the different tropes that the Superman shows follow. It's it's kind of fun to go back and see kind of the original uh, the original versions of these and the people who were coming up with these ideas and they were kind of fresh to them. So it's it's cool to see that and to see what worked and what didn't work. I'd say this pilot just about everything did work and it's all kind of things that we've seen carried forward and I wouldn't mind seeing on this new version of Superman and Lois that we're going to get to see. Yeah, I I don't have much to add to that so a good show it's on dc universe until it's not um might be moving to hbo max i guess but it's on dvd you can buy it digitally um a good show and it like i said six seasons and it would have gone for more if not for the unfortunate death of george reeves so that is all we have for now next time we'll be catching you up on the news again and we'll be looking at the next live action superman series superboy uh, so we're going to look at season one, episode 10, Troubled Waters, because it is set in Smallville. So we thought we'd stretch on that one. And then season three, episodes one and two, The Bride of Bizarro, two-parter, uh, just for a few different looks at the series. We'll see two different Superboys in that time, two different actors, some different supporting characters and all that. Uh, so we will be looking at that then if you want to watch along with us and for when we review it next time. But that's all we've got for today. Thanks for listening. And if you want to do us a favor, go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening, leave us a review especially as we get closer to the show coming out, it really helps the show grow and, and help people who are interested find it. So thanks. Mm-hmm.